0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous.
1: Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler free, episode by episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series, Bojack Horseman. I'm a socially distanced Michael Hamflipp. And I'm a socially distanced Adam Nicholas, and not only, Michael, are we
0: back in business after all that angsty zebra stuff last week, but you can also call us the front of the plane because we are all business to begin with. You can follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Horseman. You can also, if you feel so inclined, follow either of your hosts as well. You can follow me at It's Adam Nicholas, or you can follow Michael
1: Hamlet at Michael Hanford. You can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we would love you to subscribe or follow, depending on what version of the podcast you've taken. Just to reiterate a bit of podcast housekeeping that we mentioned on last week's episode, there have been a few issues reported, strangely enough, with updates to both Apple Podcasts and Spotify lately. If that's no good for you, of course, you can find that link every Friday on the app Podcast Horseman Twitter feed. Also, we recommend Overcast. as a pretty good one to try and find it on, or pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, including, I Must Remember, Amazon Music, love shouting those guys out. My things have arrived on time this week. Um, so yeah, try them because at least the podcast will seem to be landing there if you're experiencing problems mm-hmm. elsewhere. At Podcast Horseman, the Twitter account where you can find it every week as a stream or subscribe through Acast and where you can earn yourself a place on the Hollywood Talk of Fame at Season 5 Talk of Fame with a quote tweet. That tweet will go out every Friday with a brand new episode. Stick a quote, tweet out to your followers. Tell them about Podcast Awesome. Well, to be honest, tell them whatever the hell you like. It's your Twitter account. But just put the the tweet in there with the uh, embedded episode and you stand a chance of getting inducted into our special Season 5 Hollywood Talk of Fame. A new inductee for that coming at the end of this review. You know, with the up
0: and down relationship that you have with Amazon, Michael, I would Mm. be inclined to think you might be Tarzan himself. Or certainly (laughs) you would be if you were wearing fancy dress, which leads us nicely. My friend, into this week's episode of Podcast Horseman. We go to Netflix for our synopsis for this week's episode of Bojack Horseman that we will be analyzing, and it is season five, episode eight Mr. Peanut Butter's Booze. At Bojack's 25th annual Halloween party, Pickles gets a crash course in Mr. Peanut Butter's romantic history and some advice from Diane and Michael. What could possibly go wrong when Mr. Peanut Butter's ex wife? given his current partner
1: a little bit of a heads up. Eesh, shall we find out? It feels like Whoa. it's going to be a relatively deep dive. I might, and I might Tarzan and Jane. I might have to put on some scuba suits to get through this one. Let's go straight to Mr. Peanut Butter, where this episode starts. He's dressed as a hippie. Um, you mentioned, of course, it's Halloween. Um, but quote, it's nineteen ninety three, and I'm wearing a costume. As we get the first of some excellent Bojack Horseman style exposition to let us know exactly where we are through the intentionally clunky dialogue. He's with his first wife, Katrina. He's excited about going to a Halloween party. They seem blissfully happy together. Um, all's well, despite some quite funny foreshadowing of the dialogue, uh, in the dialogue of their eventual split and the hard times that are to come. Um, he slips back into the wardrobe uh, saying, I'm so great we're on the same page. And when he pops back out, he's dressed as a notebook. Because again, thanks to the dialogue, it's 2004. He's now with Jessica Beale, of course. And... Um, who explains that they're supposed to be Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, but he only picked up the notebook of her idea. So he's in a full, like very sort of clunky notebook. He's basically box shaped with his head poking out the front of this outfit. They're buzzing for the party too. They're, uh, you know, obviously sort of, again, blissfully happy as Butler and Katrina once were. Peter Butter's pleased it is with Jessica Biel now because he said that Katrina was never really into these parties. Um, they always used to fight and also because, uh, well, and also um, they have a conversation ahead of time that ensures that there's going to be no trouble tonight because Jessica has revealed to him that she's afraid of mummies. But surely, Nicholas, at Halloween party, that couldn't possibly be a problem. Um, we cut then to 2009, which is explained by Diane, who comes into the shot for the first time in yet more clunky dialogue. Um, With Mr. Peanutbutt as the, quote, the guy from The Hangover, and Diane as, let me try and explain all this, baby Bjorn Borg, a needlessly convoluted costume that has her as a baby, Bjorn Borg the tennis player, and Borg from Star Trek, complete with the giant metal arm on the side of a, a sort of 80s tennis outfit with a dummy round her neck as well. The only reason there's the element of the baby is because she's the baby from The Hangover, which ties into Mr. Peanutbutt's character barely. Um, he's re- <laughs> Here we go again. He's relieved that Diane is just so fun because Katrina and Jessica's years at the party always ended in big fights. Uh, Diane gives that now very familiar mm-hmm, which is obviously less than convinced about how she's going to cope with being so supposedly very fun, um, which takes us to them getting into the car with Pickles, the final transition of the four. Pickles, obviously, Mr. Peanut Butter's current girlfriend in our current timeline, which has us in 2018. Um, again, buzzing to be on the way to this Halloween party. They're dressed as Tweed Feed, a hipster social media app. Um, and to illustrate this, they've gone for tweed suits with bits of food stuck onto them. Uh, it's not the most elegant the bunch, but then the app feels completely real and totally believable, even though it only exists within the Bojack world. Um, the screen, quite nicely, here splits into four screens of Peanut Butter driving to the parties of all those years with all of his wife and partners um, with the identical quote of this is going to be the best Halloween ever to every single partner in 93, 2004, 2009 and 2018. Already, it feels like the clouds are looming over the night that peanut butter and pickles are going to have, but I guess we're going to find out more quite the jam packed uh, cold open there.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. like, I always remember the first time I watched this and realizing the excitement I had, like understanding that we were going to get this four-way narrative because you just knew as much as it was going to be fun and it was going to be daft, nothing good was going to come of this. There's so much, <laughs> there's so many four layers, if you will, in this open and cold open, opening, cold open, in this cold open to basically suggest that there's, that's just, it, it just can't, it physically cannot end well for Mr. Payne of one of this. <laughs> there are too many pieces in here that we know, based on the timelines already, Three of them have already failed him.
1: <laughs> for all the comparisons that have been made over the years to Mr. Peanut Butter's house and bad sitcoms, um, this feels very much like a comparison of one of the best because there's absolutely no hugging and no learning going on here, is there whatsoever? No. Yeah, the modus operandi of Seinfeld in Peanut Butter's real life. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles rock up at Bojack's house for this vaunted Halloween party, but he doesn't even know there's a party because it's cut back to 1993. And it's at the door with Mr. Peanut Butter and Katrina. Bojack has said no back in 1993 to go into Mr. Peanut Butter's party because he's told Peanut Butter that he's having one of his own, just as a lie to get out of doing it. But he's completely forgotten his lie. Uh, Mr. Peanut Butter doesn't care. He's brought a truckload of guests for a crossover party. He's just happy to be able to have the party. Cut at this point, 2004, and there's just going to be a lot of this. Um, so I'm saying this as sort of the, the benefit of re- the review. I will try and remember every single time that we're cutting between eras, but it's a constant theme throughout this episode. Cuts 2004. Mr. Peanut Butter does the exact same thing with Jessica Beale. And again, with, in 2018, of course, with Pickles, we find out this party has indeed been going 25 years. Every single year they've done this bit, with Bojack forgetting seemingly every single time. Though, in 2018, he is dressed in his filbert clothes so at least he looks prepared for a halloween party and um, it turns out that he's just still in his work clothes but gina who has been staying with him uh, feels a little bit stressed by this she uh, she notes actually that she didn't realize we were having a halloween party suggesting that maybe the relationship has gotten a, a little bit close-knit and um, beyond just sex on the set between gina and bojack so she rushes off to a right aid to go and get a makeshift costume and on we go with the rest of the night uh, meanwhile diane pulls up at the 2018 party with an oh sh- it's the halloween party because she of course has her own recollections of these and at this point we cut back to 1993 and a rather stressed and sober bojack in his horsing around pajamas puts quote marv's intern who we see as a very young princess carolyn on <clears throat> door duty obviously keen to impress bojack and perhaps with a little bit of a crush on him she's very keen to help um and seemingly has been keen to help for 25 years, as we cut to her opening the door to Diane, still frustrated, in 2018. Um, Diane's not there for the party. She's only there to drop off some pages for Phil, but for BoJack. Um, Princess Carolyn opens the door for somebody else, and that's used as a transition to 2004, where young Todd, Emily, and a third friend in a Halloween mask uh, knock on as trick-or-treaters. They're only children, Todd's speaking with a much higher voice, and Princess Carolyn tells him very specifically to come back when he's quote five years older or three years younger. We get a quick cut to another knock, and it's Todd, and it's older Todd saying quote How about now? And it's two thousand and nine, exactly five years later. And Princess Carolyn, almost with a resigned shrug, says, "Okay." And then he goes. Todd compliments the house. Princess Carolyn says, "Thanks, but it's not hers. It's her boyfriend's, of course." Transplants to a point where they were in, where Bojack and Princess Carolyn were in another an on period of their many off on relationships with this being in 2009. Um, Todd asks, in which case, if it's her boyfriend's place, why she'd be answering the door, which gives her an entire existential crisis about her whole life. Uh, what she'd been doing with herself at the age of 35, all that sort of thing. She dashes not just from door duty, but away from the party, leaving that job to Todd. Um, Which pans across at that point while Todd guards the door to a very drunk Bojack at the 2009 party, spiking the cider to make it boozier, then fades tragically to Bojack in his pyjamas in 1993, warning people that the cider's been spiked with booze. Um, Quote, one drink won't hurt, he says, as he takes a nice slug. So from there, Mr. Butter and Katrina argue about Katrina being left by herself again. Uh, butter promises not to do it again. But then Erica is there, bringing our error count to 14, um, which, of course, mister butter Peanutbutter's got to go and speak to Erica. Uh, but he won't let Katrina come. Apparently, Erica can only speak to one person at a time, um, leaving her by herself seconds after he promised her not to. But he does spy uh, Ben Stein, the terribly boring teacher from Ferris Bueller, as a person that she can finally go and speak to. So off she goes. Um it will be tricky to put breaks in this podcast because of the constant transition. They, we've had the scene set for all of them, so this feels like as good a point as any to just briefly catch up on our first introduction to all our main characters in their various different areas here. So
0: already you can kind of see like how well they're going to use this narrative, can't you? Because they just, as you say, blend them so quickly and so fluidly between the different years and different stages of these parties, the four different stages of the Halloween party. But... Like you say, for example, the, the Bojack feeling so like just it's just such a tragic state of things. Seeing him in 2018, like very much loving alcohol and basically <laughs> being codependent with it at this point, and then going back to those early days when he just never used to drink. We've seen it before from Bojack mm-hmm. in the early 90s before his drinking kicked in. Um, but just seeing him, oh, one drink, one hit, and I love. you you know this is going to continue to be a theme we've had in the cold when we've had it now we're going to continue to get these lines that are hit with either pure hilarity because of how incorrect they are or (laughs) tinged with real tragedy and sadness like the princess carolyn um sort of midlife crisis that she has just just Mm. off a tiny thing that 18 year old todd says to her before they even know each other let's not forget but Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's one of the things i love the most about this bit already because you know we're getting all these interactions with people when they in a time when we haven't seen before, when they didn't know each other. And how many times you know that amazing feeling of if you if you see a picture from way back when of yours and maybe you spot a friend who you didn't make until like yeah. ten years later or something in that picture. I love that kind of that strange nostalgic we don't know what's happening, but in a few years this will all mean something that kind of goes with this.
1: That's yeah, it's um other TV shows have played with it through flashbacks because one of the most fun things you can do in flashbacks is have the streams cross a little bit and have even if only, only very briefly the universes collide and um, because there is a certain electrifying feeling, even just the idea. I love that example that you've given. It's that idea that like at some point, like years have shared the same bit of carpet. But like it. I, what I like about that is it. every now and then things happen in your life where the universe feels so big that you can't possibly comprehend it. And then sometimes it feels small enough that it all suddenly makes a lot of sense. And the idea that we were so close, it just couldn't have happened just right now. And I like that it kind of, even in a show like BoJack Horseman, where kind of we're aware, sort of little foibles like BoJack just doesn't care about anybody around him. So the, the, you know, the, the fact that the same people have been hanging out in this house for 25 years mm-hmm. is as much down to the fact that he just doesn't give a toss about anybody. But just the idea of all the various mini interpersonal relationships that were either made or unmade over those 25 years in a place like hollywood where it's impersonal and nobody knows anybody it's nice to think that somehow this was one of those things that drew much of that world together
0: yeah it's like a little a little hub of sort of like social interaction between folks Mm. which i imagine you could definitely imagine this happening frequently at many different like gatsby-esque parties going on at Mm. people's houses where they just bring people together for the sake of having people there and then it becomes tradition and then they just do it anyway. But I think the biggest, the biggest pang of like this interaction before people know each other who are eventually going to become something quite close. Just think about the difference between Princess Carolyn and Todd, yeah, like a young Todd we see, knocking at the door at what, 13 I guess? Uh, yeah. originally. Initially. Um, and little does Princess Carolyn know that in however many years time, she's going to be living in the same house as this man. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's why I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Such a it's little touches like that. I know it's obvious the show is created that way, obviously, for, to bring that out. But it kind of does hearten that when it happens in real life, and it's so it's
1: it's really neat. It's nice, isn't it? It is a nice yeah. thing. Um, what's less nice is back in two thousand and four when young Todd and Emily and a third friend are. Toilet paper in Bojack's house because, of course, they've not been given sweets with the trick or treating, and that's apparently the rules of Halloween. Um, meanwhile, inside, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter has scoped the place out for Jessica Beale, and he can confirm, though the house is being toilet papered and we can see this, that there are definitely no mummies. I'm going to ask again, Nicholas, rhetorically, surely nothing can possibly go wrong. Um, Nice gag here, and that it turns out her fear is born out of not getting the part in the mummy. <laughs> Miss um, Peanut Butter is kind of aghast that this is the only thing that's made her go so scared of mummies, and in yet yeah, like Jessica Beale, like fair play because she allows herself to take a hell of a kicking in this show for the gags, yeah. um, which she notes uh, in the script, uh, which as of two thousand and four is her one major career <laughs> disappointment. Uh, yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter, despite again being fairly nonplussed, even for Mr. Peanut Butter, by this statement, he promises absolutely no mummies. We cut to 2008, and uh, Bojack laughs about a lady freaking out because she saw a mummy that time, uh, yes. <laughs> giving us giving us the reveal before the reveal. Um, and Bojack is speaking at this point to Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles. Um, Peanut Butter has to remind Bojack that it was his ex-wife, and uh, Bojack jokes that uh, he can't keep track, and, and then suddenly. As he's suggesting that he can't keep track, asks why, quote, the waitress is there. Uh, Pickles very convolutedly reintroduces herself as Pickles. Um, and then we find out that her surname is Aplenty. Uh, and, <laughs> and Bojack asks if, quote, I need to get to know this one. Oh, um, man. oh Really, really unnecessary line from Bojack. And understandably so, it clearly puts Pickles on edge. Um, we cut outside to Diane, who now can't get out of the party, haven't delivered the, the script notes, because her car is totally blocked in. Um, meanwhile, back inside the house, Pickles notes that, uh, to Mr. Peanut Butter that everybody at the party has a lot of history. Obviously, she just heard story after story at this point of various other parties. Peanut Butter himself is surprised that, oh, yeah, I can't believe it. the first party was 1993, at which point Pickles notes that that was the year she, he, she was born, which oh. he did not realise. Reminds me of having pints with Josh Brown. Uh, Pickles takes a swig of a drink, which transitions into Diane taking a swig of her drink in 2009 to try and calm her nerves. Um, nobody at the party gets her costume. Absolutely nobody at all. She's kind of pissed off about it, um, but is still trying to profess to Mr. Butter that she's fun. She's really trying to get it across that she's fun. Um, <laughs> says, "quote I don't want to leave," which is our transition to cut to Diane in twenty eighteen, saying, "I want to leave because she can't get out because the car's blocked in." Uh, it turns out it's Todd blocking her in in his yellow Hummer that he's got, of course, as president of WhatTimeIsItRightNow dot com. Um, so he just gives her the keys to move it. Um, meanwhile, Mr. Peanut Butter and a uh, very drunk Pickles bump into her at the door as she's about to leave, and Pickles does a really bad, and uncomfortable job of trying to make things seem normal with Diane, trying to make it seem like she's absolutely fine. Again, living that ex-wife life of just trying her best to look fun and fine to Mr. Peanut Butter when she's clearly neither of those things. Um, Diane doesn't really give her much of a break here. She kind of awkwardly backs out the door herself, um, lets Pickles know without being rude that this hasn't gone all that well. Um, Pickles is only more stressed out as a result. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter notes, quote, she used to be fun, and then, uh, quote, so much more fun than his other ex wives, um, as he starts walking back through the various ways in which his ex wives always started out fun and then got less so. Um, Pickles, understandably, again, cannot really be arsed with more ex wife chat from Mr. Peanut Butter, uh, especially when he notes that, quote, all his exes turned bitter and cruel after being with him before asking, what's the common denominator? <laughs> Um, very quickly and then we will take a pause again we're back to 1993 Uh, Mr Butter is having a blast um, and Katrina is only getting more and more annoyed he leaves her with Bojack but Bojack remembers he needs a costume and leaves her by herself again Um, this is after Katrina has revealed that she's dressed as 1993 blossom and um, we have one more cut to 2009 where diane also wants to leave soon because all of the famous people are making her feel nervous mr peanut butter spies bojack on the phone to his mother and tells diane to go and introduce himself again the exact same t- tactic he's used from Katrina. um it's a cut off because we just have to take them at some point uh they're leaning heavily and brilliantly in my opinion on mr peanut butter struggling to come to what to us was an obvious revelation in the cold open um it's becoming already very textured this episode uh we're not that far in considering how much plot we've covered and I was genuinely impressed not just with the like the cute ways they stitched the the various time jumps together but the manner in which mr peanut butter is the last to know um you're feeling your heartbreak for him being too thick to figure this one out
0: yeah this whole mr peanut butter thing him feeling like i mean it's kind of it's it's kind of sad really watching it unfold isn't it because like they give you these instances throughout each of the narratives where you notice that he's gone from like the four the four big you know like in um five hundred days of summer where you get the expectation <laughs> versus reality moments, and he's like in the car driving down there with four four lots of potentially great nights on his hands, mm-hmm. and each one of them slowly maturely seems to be sort of slowly not going the way you might want it to, and it's I love the way they do give you the twenty eighteen narrative because it's it's the now, isn't it? We are learning it with him or watching mm-hmm. with him and we're getting this narrative from the past. Almost at the same time he's remembering it, if that makes sense. Like yeah. so we're getting it at the same time. And he's only just starting to like kind of go, Oh yeah, I remember all that stuff that was going on back in those other years parties? And then you start to figure out that this actually isn't gonna be a great episode for Mr Peter <laughs> <laughs> Butler after all. Um, <laughs> If anything, this is gonna be a really bad one for him. And and we're kind of watching the unraveling of it piece by piece. But like that horrible moment where he's having the realisation of like, what well obviously I say having the realisation, he should be having the realisation. <laughs> What's the common denominator? <laughs> but he still can't quite figure it out. Is it's just it's like so emblematic of his character, isn't it? He's such a nice he's mm-hmm. such a nice dog, Michael, such a good boy. Yes he is, yes, was- he is. But ultimately, he's a thick boy, isn't he? And I don't mean that with two C's. I mean that with a C and a K, because he's an idiot. Well,
1: he's a boy, isn't he?
0: That's very true. He's a man <laughs> in Hollywood. He's course he's thick.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's played again. Like we've said this before as well. With the, the it's the writing, the even the animation style. Um, but the motivations of the Mr. Peanut Butter character are always so much purer-hearted than any of Bojack's. And I think that's what they get to use here. They've earned that now. They've earned the audience's trust of Mr. Pinkwater as a character, as as you say, a good boy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Rather than Bojack being this sardonic, cynical, and like selfish figure. And I think that's really important because we have had episodes where Bojack and, what is it, Pinto made this mistake three times here before, like he's maybe going to happen upon not making it for the fourth time. And you would guess more because there's been 25 of these parties. So we're just yeah. seeing three of the mistakes. Um, we've had episodes where Bojack's made the same mistake over and over and over again, but you're not even really required to have any sympathy for him. You're instead like almost allowed with the rest of the brain public to castigate him for it. You don't want to do that with Mr. Butter, And I think I think that's a sound of like, they've earned that over several years of trying to help you understand this character's flaws in a, in a more, in a gentler way.
0: I think it's because Bojack's always feel like they're intentional, don't they? Like, mm. I, I know you might say that certain things he can't help, but like the choices he makes end up feeling intentional. Like, I always go back to Todd saying to him, like, you can't just do things because things happen to you. You know, like it's a choice, isn't it? Or like the the way he makes the repeated mistakes. Whereas Mr. Peanut Butter, I don't think he realizes he's making them, as we're clearly seeing here. They're kind of letting you know that while he's seen them happen again and again, he hasn't figured out why or understood that maybe there was a factor in there that he hasn't considered yet. But one thing they do show us, out of all of the characters in this, these four narratives, the one person who's really like the same and just continue on the same path, he's giddy, he's happy, he's having a great time, nothing really seems to have changed, the world hasn't made him cynical, uh, he hasn't had a, like a breakdown because he's realised that he's been Bojack's dormant for the last however long. <laughs> he hasn't literally changed an age in the sort of... and well, he has, but not in the way that Todd has in mm-hmm. this little bit. And Diane, of course. He's the only one who kind of stays the same. Like he's, and, yeah. and all of a sudden you start thinking, is that a good thing? <laughs> or is it a bad thing? Because arguably, Bojack in 93 compared to Bojack in 2018, that's like a real sad mm. fall. Mr. Peanut butter in 1983, the peanut butter in 2018. The same. <laughs> where's the growth or where's the decline? There isn't one at the moment, is there?
1: It's a lot of, yeah, like it's a lot of tight ropes, isn't it? You've got like a tightrope where on one hand, it's like staying young. On the other, it's not growing the cup. Yeah. And then sim- similarly, there's one that he, that, like a that line such as what's the common denominator? Like that has to straddle a line between naivety and ignorance and yeah. if it was Bojack, it would be ignorance in Peanut Butter. You're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's naivety. And I think that's like all of those, all of those sort of arguments apply to Peanut Butter in a the way they just don't for Bojack. You kind of the booze has done this to you, your feelings and your bad choices have done this to you. Yeah. Um to 2018 again, and an altogether more trivial matter of Diane just trying to get the hell home. Um she can't get out now because even though she's got Todd's keys, his car's blocked. Um Diane goes back in the house to try and deal with that situation and bumps into Bojack. It's horrifically awkward, as you can imagine, after the submarine scene. Bojack tries to bring it up and Diane brilliantly pins him on it and says, you want to talk about it? And he's put onto the back foot by how prepared and willing she is to just rave up to this situation. So he says no. Um, Diane goes to leave. So, Bojack tries to follow her, but his back cracks. So, he necks just an entire bottle of the pills that he's been on, obviously, since coming out of the hospital from falling from that building on top of the car. Um, Kind of grumbles to himself about how much the party sucks, um, which transitions to him having an awesome time at his 1993 party, when he's obviously had a little bit too much of that spiked cider. Um, Great bit here. Uh, He is in need of a costume. Um, and Princess Carolyn puts a lampshade on his head to make him, quote, a one night stand. Um, hang a lampshade on it, why don't you Princess Carolyn? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Bojack just casually tosses off the, oh, you should be a producer. To which it's as if you see the light bulb uh, popping up ahead Princess Carolyn's head. And then he says, but not yet, keep in the door. Yeah. So even, <laughs> even as like her dream has just appeared in front of her, the thumb appears back on her head. Um, Staying in 1993, Katrina has had enough. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter had left to speaking to Ben Stein, the boring teacher from Ferris Bueller, 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 Bueller. And, and Tim Allen, and they had a chat about government <laughs> spending. It's made her rethink her socioeconomic political views entirely, which of course one day might come back to haunt Mr. Peanut Butter, um, and he genuinely just can't believe she got that from ten minutes from Tim Allen. Uh, until she notes it was an hour and a half, um, she screams that she is not having fun. As we get the record scratch, lights on, party comes to a halt. Moment where the whole room stops and looks at this dreadful row taking place. um Mr. Peanut Butter at uh, uh, this point makes the Tim Allen <laughs> home improvement Ooh. voice to tee up a home improvement transition, which takes us back into two thousand and four where Bojack is yet again asking Princess Carolyn for a costume. Um, this time she wraps him in the toilet paper that Todd threw over the house. Da, da, da. And from a distance, Mr. Peanut Butter now sees that Bojack is a mummy and he's getting closer to Jessica Beale. As he tries brilliantly to get to the crowd, lovely sight gag here, he can't get there fast enough because of course he's (laughs) dressed like a notebook. And then even when he does, he gets stuck in the door, which is the exact width of the notebook. And even then, when he wants to shout to her that there's a mummy right there, he instead can't do it without one of his ridiculously long crossover full of metaphors and similes references. So he doesn't get to warn her in time. She turns around and screams bloody murder at the sight of BoJack the Mummy. Through her howl at the moon, we go into the sky and back down again, transitioning into mm. 2009. Uh, and it's Bojack's balcony, and a nervous Diane is approaching him. Um, obviously, uh, Mr. Peanutbutter had seen him when he was on his phone, so he looked like he was free to go and speak to you. So Diane's got to speak to him. Bojack is still on his phone, even angrier than before. He's trying to get more information from his mother about a jewel. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. I think we might know what jewel that is. Um, potentially, of course, he's finding out about his father's death. We learned in Fritura, that was how he passed away. Um, and that's perhaps why he's getting a little bit angrier. Best moment of the episode, best moment of the series, best moment of my entire life. I punched the air when this happened. He pauses the call, he looks at Diane, he says, baby Bjorn Borg, which gets an exhilarated yes from Diane. She flaps from there, completely rattled. That That's his opener. That's the way that he started a conversation with her. Um, she starts talking about how she loved horsing around as a kid. She's just doing a really bad job of interview, uh, of introducing herself. She's singing the theme at him, um, at which point he just kind of <laughs> sees, her, sees her as every horsing around fan he's ever met and blows her off, tells her to go back to the party because he's got to get back to his call. Um, she goes to leave and he's back on the phone saying to his mother, it was, quote, nobody important. What a fucking scene that was, Nicholas. We'll come back for that in just a second because, meanwhile... Diane goes back in rattled and tells Mr. Peanut Butter she hates big parties, causing yet another record scratch row. Slightly different in tone this time because she feels wholly responsible for the night going wrong, but nonetheless she races out to the race out there to the car from the party, shouting, "I'm sorry," because we know that Diane's a bit more heartfelt than the other of his wives. Um, back in 2018, Peanut Butter apologizes to Pickles for forcing her to be fun, but she notes it is fun until she spies Diane who's still filing through multiple sets of car keys trying to get out, um, noticing at this point that there's very sort of exceedingly expensive vehicles in the drive, including a gold helicopter. Pickles breaks down in tears, and what does she do? Races off to the bathroom as there's our 2018 record scratch row. Um, We've had all of them. We're going to get a bit more of all of them. But let's talk about the rows, and let's talk about a monumental, wonderful retcon of Diane and Bojack's. History together. Just the most fantastic little detail that adds somehow adds heft to every single episode of Bojack Horseman ever from the pilot going forward. They met at a party once upon a time, Nicholas, but it wasn't the first time.
0: Well, let's start with the the Mr. Peanut Butter. Well, it's supposed to be Mr. Peanut Butter's booze, maker, but at this point it's Mr. Peanut Butter's Wars, isn't it? Because <laughs> it is just not, doesn't even nearly fit that. But no, I mean, but it's 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 just it's, it's both spectacular and and heartbreaking at the same time. It's like a car crash, isn't it? A real, a real a four-way car crash, Michael. Someone should make a film about something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> but basically, I think the, the watching, watching things go spectacularly wrong for Peanut Butter through each different timeline, we'd already kind of... I mean, if you're watching this, you kind of had a feeling this might be where we were headed because, mm-hmm. of course, this is BoJack Horseman. It will do these things to you. But seeing how each one breaks down. The use of the record scratch as well, obviously, is the that typical moment in every sitcom party where things have just fallen off and haven't gone the way everybody wanted them to. Really well done this. A, a particular little shout-out to the home improvement uh, transition that really, <laughs> really made me laugh. Peanut Butter doing his t- Tim Allen gulp in between was absolutely excellent. I just, it's just so helplessly clueless, which is such a, like... <laughs> I don't even know what else to really to really say for him because it's all there, <laughs> it's all there, and you know what, Michael? I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced, in a small little way, that we are going to find out that all of these wars of peanut butter are somehow <laughs> intertwined and connected with Erica. God damn it! <laughs> we might never see that woman, but oh my goodness, she's she's had a hand to play in this somehow, hasn't she? He wonders what the constant denominator has been, and he thinks it's himself. And it probably <laughs> is. I mean, let's be honest. We've been given enough evidence to suggest that it is almost 100% definitely peanut Butter's fault. But maybe it's Eric has. What if Eric has been uh, there? <laughs> that is just pure speculation and theory on my point, I should point out. That is not canon. That is not confirmed. But I like the idea of that little
1: twist. Hmm. It's, I just think it's like, as you say, like the record scratch is a, um, a tried and true method, isn't it? Everything stops and everybody stops and stares, um, which ordinarily, of course, somebody like Mr. Peanutbutter would probably enjoy, but this is him at his worst and at these parties. And I think it's not an accident that the only thing happening away from the, the rows, row after row after row, the only thing that breaks up the transition of all the four rows happening is Diane's First meeting with Bojack, Mm. Um, uh, as various seemingly solid bonds start to erode one after another after another. uh, Instantly eroding bond suddenly feels quite solid.
0: You like that? You've totally lost me with that. But I think I'm going to let you have it. You were doing for those at home who are listening to this. He was doing stuff with his hands, (laughs) and I'm not sure what (laughs) the he was doing. To be honest with you. Never mind, it can't all be smooth and sailing. Listen, there's four narratives to try and get here. Never mind you and your f***ing hands doing <laughs> as well.
1: I'll do, I'll do that again. Seeing as we're reviewing an episode of BoJack Horseman, um, and we can always do it back with a little title card. Where in like, the words
0: of one of the wisest men. I've ever, in the words of one of the wisest men I've ever known, tell it to me like I'm five years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, BoJack and Diane have a chat, and we didn't know that had a chat before. <laughs> there you
0: go. You see how hard was that? You and your solids and your gasses and your bullshit. Uh, But, yeah, this was fascinating, this huge, huge moment, because, really, we've been led to believe that that first time we meet is at the party, isn't it? It's like the first time we think the very first episode of this show, season one, episode one. Uh, They meet in the exact same place, no less, Uh, only less cotton candies involved. (laughs) Although that will come to her one day in a horrible way, she's not expecting further down the line. But on top of that, um, there's no moment where he realizes that her and peanut butter are together because he's too uh, intertwined. Michael with his phone call that they somehow, of course, because they couldn't just tie everything at the party together, they had to tie out the rest of the world too. Of course, we just found out about the duel and his father and the stupidity <laughs> that is but a scotch horseman in their free Turo and, of course, still talking to his very much alive mother at this point Um, mm. before, of course, the events of free Turo and all the stuff after, before that as well, which made him scathingly want her to probably pass away, to be told. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, this was huge, wasn't it? Like, in a, in a world full of, like, moving parts, this one little moment of stillness in isolation is, like, Bojack calling Diana nobody. When we know she's very much a somebody in his life, and will change it irreparably, I think some might say in more ways than one. And then on the flip side of that, just seeing Diane so nervous and like like anxious in front of a celebrity kind of thing, because she kind of grew up with Bojack, it's for me it also added that extra layer that you might forget sometimes is that like this they weren't just always friends these two like they met through the mad little system that is Hollywood. And like what a stark contrast it is from like there to where we eventually see them in 2018 at the party where Diane has the high ground on Bojack because he's, Mm. well, he's a literal piece of shit, isn't he? So (laughs) she knows he's done something along with many other things that he shouldn't have done.
1: It's interesting that, so as a writer, as she is, when we meet her in episode one, somebody that could potentially tell Bojack's story She's been in the industry long enough to feel to a degree on his level. And then we go back to her home when obviously uh, dad passes away. Uh, And it's a bit like, oh, there's Diane. She doesn't portray this, but like she's seen as this highfalutin Hollywood star that's like left the family behind. Whereas, you know, in 2009, so what, there's about five years between this episode and the pilot. She's just, writing. She's just living a life. She's just trying to get on. She's all. She's still a girl in that living room, watched Horsing Around and felt like the family were a little bit connected for a bit. And I think it's like their joy at her bringing Bojack back is lost on her at this point, whereas it's all she can think about to the extent where she sings the tune at him. Like she, mm. she becomes them for a, a brief second. She might as well be speaking with a, a Boston accent. She's one of them again when she f- it finally encounters him. And it's funny what five years of, for Diane, relative normality. It's funny how that like power dynamic has shifted slightly by the time we arrived at the pilot.
0: Yeah, I think it really does. Like an excellent job of just reminding us and highlighting just how not used to this world Diane was yet. We kind of consider her to be a Hollywood player at this point in 2018 and modern day because mm. she is. She's been involved with so many things now. But just seeing her in that light and, and understanding how, how far away from each other these two probably seem and how close they will become, only to find such a complicated relationship born of it all. Oh, it's good, this show, mind, isn't it? I really bloody
1: love this show. <laughs> That's what it is. It always bothers down to this. I really like this. Yeah. <laughs> least... Aren't they quite good at doing TV? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we... I wonder why we chose this to do a podcast on. Yeah. Um, we are back to the 1993 argument. Um, Mr Butter is pledging loyalty and love to Katrina, but he's kind of... Barking up the wrong tree. Um, Katrina (laughs) wants wants to just be alone. Um, And at this point with her, everybody else clears out with Bojack because the party's over. Um, But he slurs to his detriment that he wants it to be an annual thing, which is obviously at which point Mr butter's ears must prick up. Meanwhile, in 2004's route, Jessica Biel is just absolutely raging with peanut butter about the mummy incident. She also leaves. In 2009, um, Bojack consoles his mother, and promises to work out funeral arrangements, um, at which point he goes back into the house uh, and again finds everybody leaving apart from Todd. Um, Bojack is obviously talking about the death of his father and just briefly laments. He doesn't mention that specifically, but he just laments that he thought he'd feel something. Todd misunderstands and just assumes he's talking about the end of the party. One of their, What I guess is their first wacky misunderstanding, the pair of them, um, that he's on about the party and not his dead dad. Um, Todd offers to stick around a bit, believing that will help, and it does. To- Bojack says, sure, stick around as long as you want. And Todd takes a look at his surroundings and the sofa and seems fairly comfortable with that arrangement. Um, we're in Peanut Butter's car in 2009, um, and Diane and Mr Peanut Butter are making up, making friends. Their row is not ending like the others seem to have done. Uh, Mr Butter is noting that now he knows she doesn't like parties, they'll never have that argument again. That's all he just he needed it to happen once, just to know that she hates parties. Um, Diane is disappointed with how she handled meeting Bojack. She's taking quite a lot of responsibility for their night going awry rather than trying to pin it on Mister Peanut Butter. And um, but Peanut Butter reassures her that he won't even remember that he met her. How right he was. Um, she has mixed feelings about that. She seems a little bit disappointed. It brings like her evening's end to a bit of a disjointed one. And um, back in 2018, Diane finds Mister Peanut Butter outside a locked toilet with pickles inside. Um, she makes a few jokes about Pickle's age, uh, but refutes the idea that Mr. Peanut Butter, quote, ruins his partners, as she would, being one of his ex partners. Um, Diane notes that Peanut Butter always dates women in their 20s who grow up while he mentally stays the same age. Um, he does the Matthew McConaughey days thinking for you, gag. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But he's grateful for the advice all the same. Um, diane advises him to either date somebody older or at least try and grow up himself and then goes in to help pickles um she gives her the water to the face she's kind of like looking after pickles is lying very drunk and very depressed in the bath um diane empathizes obviously she's lived this life she's done all this she knows how hard the party is um pickles worries that she's nothing more than a rebound from diane um but diane tells her that Pick- uh, peanut butter loves her quote deeply and unconditionally. And uh, she can see that because she knows it from experience. She's uh, she's lived that part of the life as well. She she tells Pickles that he loves her uh, and not Diane anymore. Um, she's fixed it for them, which is really quite sweet. So she just gives up trying to get a car out and steals the helicopter. Um, that's her kind of payoff. Uh, Pickles and Peanut Butter go to leave, and Pickles is ready for another Halloween party. Now that she's kind of turned herself out again, Um, she's got the details to go to somebody else's place. Um, she takes a selfie with him, saying, "Quote: I never want to grow up." Which now that Peanut Butter has had this sudden awakening, is something that he's less into than he might have been literally five minutes ago. Um, drunk Bojack is passed out on his table, as his house completely empties. Um, at which point, Gina walks back in, in like a ramshackle. <laughs> there was only one shop open. Which outfit you've got? I think it, I can't remember. It's something like a traffic cone head and a crap cape or something like that. Um, she just takes a look at the scene and realises there's no point even trying very literally gives up the ghost I think there was half of a ghost outfit on there and goes to bed, Bojack slurs that he loves Halloween and (sighs) scene that's your episode
0: that's it and strangely enough Michael you're not going to believe this but there were no bits for (laughs) horse around this week (laughs) Not one. So that will be the end of this week's episode. After we do our one last things, I uh, can't believe it. Really, you would have thought there'd been <laughs> hundreds of the damn things, but uh,
1: of.
0: it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what an ending! What an ending to this episode. The realization that Mister Peanut Butter has been living his life in a state of Mister Peter Peanut Butter. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Bad, puns <Sorry>. aside, <laughs> Bad puns aside, Michael. Bad puns aside.
1: Peter Pun himself.
0: Um, I think the, the realization, yeah, of course, is that Mr. Peanut Butter finally having a dawn on him that, in his own words, which feel a bit muddled here. So, what you're saying is they all grow up, but I stay the same age. <laughs> which may be the, the idea in spirit, perhaps. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, he does also, he's growing up numerically. He just might not be growing up mentally, I think, is the problem, yeah, um, as all of the women he keeps seeming to find at a certain age who then evolve. And my word, did I kind of feel this, not as one of Mr. Butter's booze, but as just a person. I have this, on my own opinion on this, of, like, you can't meet someone that young and things expect things to not change, can you? Like, yeah. that's just the, the way of life, I guess. But brilliantly, sort of. I love the way they managed to surmise this in the fact that Pickles is what twenty-five at this point because we're on the twenty-fifth annual, and she was born in the nineteen ninety-three. It's a great way of tying that as well into like her age, if that mm. makes sense. Like the longevity of party in Hollywood that has all this stuff going on. It's the same age as her, mm. and he's on. Like they're only just starting their journey together, so it's all it's all very well tied in. But yeah, I mean. Fair play to Diane for sort of she didn't need to do this at mm. all, but she does because she's great, obviously she's Diane, um she comes together helps helps Mr. peanut But smacks him over the head when he probably needs it because she's got the freedom now to say what she could never say when they were together, which yeah, you kind of hope might well have just changed the train's tracks if you will, like three years we've had of this thing going spectacularly wrong, the fourth year it kind of does, but it goes wrong but with a potential positive ending here, although saying that just as we figure this out, Mr. Peanut Butter starts thinking about wanting to grow up, we get the realisation that maybe Pickles doesn't want to grow up. But <laughs> God damn it, that's just cruel timing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, yeah the, I, honestly, I, I read it in this episode at least, as um, Diane is like, obviously well-rounded but tries the hardest to be um, and so often tries to right wrongs be they're like personal or societal and through reasons completely out of her control makes like things get worse. Her, I think it was very, very intentional that she wasn't the kindest when pickles was kind of yeah. laying it all out on the line, pissed. Um, And that was her at very, very least rectifying that. It was something that she could address and fix and tidy up. It wasn't a mess that she caused, but it was one she didn't help clean up and she wanted to be that better person and that bigger person. I just thought that was nice. I thought it was true. If they'd have left like, her and Pickles' interactions there, you wouldn't have felt as true to the Diane that we know.
0: Mm, I would agree with that and, and say, like, of course she does, Michael, she's Diane. She's mm-hmm. great. What she does, she's a good egg. A very good egg indeed. Um, I have to say, just a quick shout-out before we go on to the other stuff. just Gina turning up at the end there, man, really was like, <laughs> that was Paul, Paul McCartney coming out of a cake-esque good for yes. me. that It was really, really well done. We'll say it again. Because we say it every week and it's always justified. A powerhouse of an episode, Michael. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Talk about using a narrative really well from a bunch of wacky, stupid stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's dive into that wacky,
1: stupid stuff, shall we?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For those that I, I, I
1: know I, I was doing daft stuff with my hands earlier on. Nicholas has just pulled out like a very dusty book. It looks about a thousand pages long. The picture of sort of war and peace. It's got a lock on the front and he's just creaked it open. It says horsing around on top.
0: He said, there cool. it is. The book is open. Oh, there's a moth there. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll see him dressed up at a party shortly. Who knows? Um, yes, it's time, my friends and my enemies <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> for this week's instalment of Horsing Around, the part of the show where we go back to the beginning of the episode and we go through all of the hidden meanings behind certain things, these small details you might have missed, and of course the Easter eggs in the episode. If I sound dejected, folks, it's not dejection. I promise you, it is. It's oh, it's anticipation because there's a lot. <laughs> I will warn you now. I'm sure there's been episodes in the past that I've had a lot. <laughs> Just brace yourself for me saying, "And here's the costumes from this year." <laughs> and yes, the costumes for this year. Quick couple of um qualifiers, I guess, before we start getting into this. As you can imagine, there's a lot in this episode. We've got four timelines. We're at a Halloween party where it's it's an opportunity for the writers and God bless them, RBW and the gang in, in the Bojack Horseman Writers Room, and indeed Lisa Hannawalt and everybody who designs the episodes, the looks of it, they have had so much fun doing this episode. I can promise you that. They have spent time on things you won't even have thought of in this episode that they didn't need to do, but clearly have just enjoyed doing it so much. What they didn't realize they were doing, however, was making my life pure and utter hell (laughs) (laughs) for three hours as I tried to get through each little bit of this episode. But i tell you what, it's worth it because they are excellent. So let's go back to the very beginning. And I apologize now because... For however long as this episode has reached to this point, oh, it's about to get longer, my friend. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We go back to 1993 in Mr. Butter's house. And we start, Michael. Of all the things, as all I've just waxed lyrical about how good this episode is, we start with a bit of trivia for you that I have to question. Um, at the very beginning of this episode, Katrina... Is talking to Mr. Peanut Butter and she's calling him her husband, which they are, but neither of them, Michael, are wearing their wedding rings. Ah, interesting. Which, oh. yes, perhaps they might just have taken them off for their fancy dress, but that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Mm. She specifically goes on about it being her husband and there's no wedding ring on either person. Very strange. Interesting. I'll let you read into that what you will. Anyway, start off with a the flyer there. <laughs> We go across to Mr. Peanutbutter's house in 2009 this time, Michael, 16 years later. And as you sort of touched on very early in this episode, we're getting a bunch of cute quotes where we know things aren't as what they appear to be. And we get a laugh out of it. One of my personal favorites here about how Mr. Peanutbutter says, I love that we both love parties to Diane, which, of course, is the complete ball opposite. (laughs) Diane famously does not love parties, Michael. Isn't it funny the lies we tell early in a relationship? <laughs> we go to 2018, Mr. Peanutbutter's house, although technically outside of it, and sat in his car. And we see, um, we see when Pickles brings out her phone to show Tweed Feed and what it actually is. And we've got a few screenshots here As she scrolls through her phone, you'll see the picture of Tweed Feed. It's it's the basically just a bunch of different pictures of the animals who have been posting on Tweed Feed. <laughs> One of them is a post. Of the elephant who works at Elephante, presumably, um, who who says, serving a souffle tonight and trying not to sneeze as they balance the souffle on a tray <laughs> and use their trunk as like the hand to hold it underneath. While meanwhile, a giraffe who was taking a picture, of the caption that says, "Note to self: buy a longer selfie stick." And the picture is the giraffe in like this the same sort of uh, shirt and tie with a red jacket on. But you can only see the neck because, of course, the head is cut off by the top of the square of the picture. And then Pickle scrolls up a little bit further. And we see, we see basically she must, because obviously she works at um, Elefante, she must just have a lot of the people from work on her feed. Um, because the next person we see is, you know, the young chef who takes over when uh, everybody leaves, when Sandro leaves to go and start Sandro's place. The kid oh, who basically is there the night, the whole. The whole restaurant goes on fire and it's all that disaster and Princess Carolyn and Bojack are arguing. He's there and he's posted, no cooking today, making change in the streets as he wears a T-shirt that says Chef Pride with a hat on and a waistcoat. But he's out on the streets, Michael, at a protest that says, take a knee for equality. And then there's also another sign that says Black Lives Matter. So he's at the middle of a protest in the middle of all this. And then on top of that, the last person at the bottom says, turned ourselves into silly kitties today. And it's two, like, I think they're like donkeys, I want to say. Uh, mm. And they're dressed up as cats. In fact, I think it's, do you remember the donkeys who ended up working in the kitchen that night when everything went wrong? And they yes. um, eating the bales of hair. I think it might be them as well who's on the feed. And then finally, as we scroll up again to the last one on the screen, <laughs> there's just someone who obviously follows who says, new sleep mask and getting some major Z's. And it's just a bat upside down with a pink eye mask on wants to go to sleep. So there you go. All that lovely stuff coming from Tweed Feed. What more would you possibly want? <laughs> eh? Not like you don't get enough of that on Twitter, Michael. A <laughs> well, little bit of a note from Mr. Peanutbutter's car. I think it must be a Maserati, his car, because on the dash you can kind of see a little badge for it that says Quattroporte S, which is a type of Maserati, as I did a bit of homework on it. It was the only mm-hmm. car that seemed to pop up. So, Mr. Peanut I likes himself a Maserati, apparently. There you yeah. go. Anyway, we go to the opening credits. Crikey, it's only the opening credits, folks. <laughs> um, and <laughs> changed back to normal after the uh, Bobo the Angsty Zebra credits that we got last week. Um, everything's exactly the same as it was prior to that, except for one new addition um, in the credits as we get to the party scene. Uh, you'll see the bit usually where Todd's there in his suit now um, next to him has uh, just been added into it, is Fritz, of course, Mr. Butter's character from Philbert is now at the party with his sunglasses on, just kind of standing ominously in the party as Todd dances away before Bojack obviously falls off the balcony in the pool. Interestingly though, Butter when he looks down at Bojack, isn't wearing his Fritz stuff, he's just wearing his normal clothes, but I guess that's okay. We'll allow that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we go back to, or should we go back to, we go over to uh, Bojack's house in 2018 we get the establishing shot and you'll see walking towards his gate from outside the house, uh, there are three blind mice who are dressed and like walking towards Bojack's for Halloween with their little sugar or treat bags. Just a cute little gag like that. And then we go back in time. We go to Bojack's house in 1983 and get used to that because it's going to be back and forth for the next little while. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter, of course, declaring, Why not have a crossover party, Michael? Because what <laughs> is this? A crossover episode? Of course, it's really a brilliant little callback to Mr. Peanut Butter's favorite gag ever <laughs> the from Hank Hippopolis. Anyway, now, costumes. We have reached the part where the fun begins. Let me just state that anybody who is at this party, in what I have described, Michael, as if you didn't try, you didn't make the list. So, if there's somebody who's a cute reference, they have made the list. If there's someone who's trying to get me to notice them because they're a nod to something, great. If somebody turns up as a fruit, which a couple of people did in this, there's some bananas, some grapes. I haven't gone into detail on them because I'm <laughs> okay. fairly certain you could figure out that these people are in bananas and grapes. And believe it or not, <laughs> I had, funnily enough, no fruit but bigger fish to fry. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Very good.
0: The first costumes that turn up in 1993, we get two men who turn up. There's a whole bunch of them coming through the door, but there's two men who turn up. One is a human man, one is a hippo, and they're both dressed as Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World, as you will notice. Uh, There is a beetle who turns up at the party dressed, of course, Michael, as Beetlejuice, because of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Um, I should point out as well, Wayne's World is relevant because Wayne's World 1 and Wayne's World 2 both came out in '92 and '93 respectively, which is where they tie in here. This is a theme that will continue throughout, <laughs> the and I will be repeatedly telling you about these dates because I wrote them all down and I had a go to do it, and so will you. Anyway, there's a goat there who's turned up in a goat skeleton costume, which is literally like um, just the usual, typical skeleton costume you'd see. Any Phoebe Brittas fans out there will have seen her wearing this quite a lot, uh, but. The goat also has a goat's skull on their head, like to add (laughs) the whole thing, which actually reminded me and made me think of, um, isn't there a goat earlier on in this show who works on set, who's wearing a T-shirt for the goatful dead instead of the grateful dead? Yeah. And I just wondered if maybe that was a time, maybe it's the same goat. Who knows? If you have any thoughts on that, at Podcast Horseman, and believe me, that's not going to be the first time you hear me say that. During this yeah. round, also a lovely touch, Michael Sharona, who is of course Bojack's hairdresser, if you recall, when he used to work on the sitcom uh, on on the sitcom on Horsing Around back in his sitcom days, she's mm-hmm. turned up for the party. She's turned up for the party. She's dressed as Laura Din from Jurassic Park, which of course came out in 1993. Are oh, you seeing the yeah. pattern yet? You <laughs> are. It's wonderful stuff. Um, also, brilliantly, David Duchovny's turned up for the party, Michael. Because of course he has. He's David Duchovny, yeah. And he's turned up as an alien. And what else started in nineteen ninety-three, Michael? It's the only bloody X Files, isn't it? <laughs> These oh people are Very what doing. Also, there was a man dressed as a hammer. And uh, that's all I've got. He's a hammer. But hey, it was hammer time back in nineteen ninety. Three years later that's close enough for me, brother. Maybe he just <laughs> really likes MC hammer. Thoughts on a postcard at Podcast Horseman. Anyway, we go across back forward now to bojack horseman's house in 2004 and you'll notice when we come in the art on bojack's wall has changed this is from a time period that i don't think we've actually seen in the 1990s you'll see that he had a whole bunch of paintings we've mentioned many times in the past uh, like the keith Haring paintings from the 90s that are clearly there to kind of get, give you the gist of the time zone but in 2004 they're all gone and they've been replaced by other art on his wall um, there's one behind the door which is a horse version of a famous painting by Pablo Picasso called the Dora Mar, uh, which is kind of like a, well, you know what a Picasso looks like. Lots of sort of jilted drawings and eyes and facial features all over the shop. But instead of being a person, it is, of course, a horse because he's Bojack. And you kind of only see half of it because it's behind the door. But next yeah. to that, of course, there's another picture. It's uh, There's a famous painting by an artist called Alex Katz, Michael. And the painting is called The Green Cap. And it's usually a person in a green cap on the poster but instead in this on the poster on the painting but instead we get a cat version of that because Alex cats you see they all can they do, that. do animal buns on this show did you know that <laughs> anyway costumes for 2004 now we get all the people turned back up at the party once again in 2004 the beetle who was dressed as Beetlejuice earlier he's back they're back in business they have come dressed as Beetlejuice once again because they just love Beetlejuice Michael if you've got your thing <laughs> Why not stick to it? We also get for anyone who might be a Lost fan out there, if you remember Hurley from Lost, who is, of course, Jorge Garcia, he turns up for the party dressed as Shrek, brilliantly dressed as Shrek, Um, because, of course, at this time, Michael, we are in the year 2004, and Shrek 2 had just come out in that very year, you see. He's back on track. There's also a little Yorkie-looking dog who is dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow um, from Pirates of the Caribbean, (laughs) which, of course, came out the year before in 2003, which looks amazing, I should point out. You've definitely seen this dog in other episodes, but uh, a great little knock, uh, nod, rather, to um, Jack Sparrow. We also got a man in basketball gear, Michael, with bunny ears on his head. Who could he possibly be? Let me tell you, he's Bugs Bunny. Not from Space Jam, though, as you might believe. It is from Space Jam, but not according to his T-shirt, because his T-shirt says Space Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they couldn't get the rights for Space Jam and wanted That's to play it good. safe. Wonderful. I like, that. I like um, that. And there's also a cat who turns up dressed as Regina George from Mean Girls. Uh, you can see wearing the A Little Bit Dramatic T-shirt that she has in the pink cardi. Uh, wanders in with a bunch of booze to get the party started. We go across to BoJack's house in 2018 now. And once again, Michael, the costumes are coming thick and fast. Once again, Beetlejuice is, is here. The Beetle has turned up again. Loves that costume, does the Beetle. Um, there's also a man dressed as a red crayon who has snuck his way into a mention there. I just like the crayon. I thought it was good. <laughs> um, there's a sheep who is also dressed, Michael, as uh, in pyjamas with a bunch of numbers all over itself. Mm. Because counting sheep, Michael, of course. Oh, very nice. Counting very good sheep. Also, Deborah, of course, of Deborah's Face fame. <laughs> Uh, She comes dressed as the handmaid from The Handmaid's Tale, which, of course, is a reference to the Margaret Atwood book. But the show itself, The Handmaid's Tale, started in 2017, which obviously was a year before this. Um, Also, the ginger audio guy, as I've called him, you know the one, slick back ginger hair, ginger moustache, he wears a sleeveless tank top, and he always works on set uh, in any production in Hollywood with the headphones on. He's turned up. And he's dressed, Michael, very specifically, which I have to be honest, the only thing that really massively gave it away for me, because I was kind of half asleep, was on his backpack. He had the tag Steve. And after I did a bit of digging and a bit of searching in my brain, he is, of course, dressed up as Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. For anybody who's ever watched Stranger Things in season two, he's got the baseball bat with the nails in, he's wearing the yellow marigold gloves or whatever. Basically all the stuff that Steve puts together before he goes out on the hunt to save his fellow Stranger Things, kids, if you want to call it <laughs> that. Michael nodding along politely here as I waffle on about I, Stranger Things.
1: <laughs> I, I, I,
0: we're going to have to do another podcast about it when I finally watched it. Um, there's also a monkey there who's wearing a shark head uh, with a set of flippers on. And next to him, which I assume is related due to things you'll find out later on, is a lemur, uh, I think it's a lemur, with, uh, in a bathing suit with bandages over wounds that are slightly bloody... I a, I've got a feeling this might be Jaws, Michael, not the Jaws. Ah, she's yeah. the swimmer. Yeah. He's the shark. We're dudes. He's the dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. <laughs> sharks. Or oh, sharks in the situation. Who knows? Um, but brilliantly, though, if it's not that, Michael, maybe I just got written down here, maybe it's just Baby Shark gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also because good. Because baby, sh- baby Shark did come to fame probably in 2016 was when it became a big thing. So, yeah. that's all I'm all saying. That's all. See, I'm, you'll know all about baby Shark.
1: You leave me on Stranger Things, you bring me right back painfully with baby sharks. So.
0: Listen, there's a bit of everything in here for everyone, you know. Mm. I, there's a whole audience that we try to cater to here at uh, Podcast Horseman. As do they, poor Jack Horseman. Anyway, there's also a woodpecker Michael who was dressed as Wonder Woman. Again, film came out in 2017, and I think I'm almost 100% sure there's like a hog person who is was dressed as Jon Snow from Game of Thrones? Got like the
1: right.
0: the sort of fluffy arm shoulder things and the big yeah. sword in the back. I'm, I'm fairly confident it looks pretty mm-hmm. convincing. I didn't quite get the connection if it was like Hog Snow or if there was another, I don't yeah. know what it might be. Initially, I was thinking War Pig and it just, nah, it didn't fit. Definitely, you, definitely a Game of Thrones adjacent, though.
1: You know nothing, Adam Nicholas.
0: I know, Adam Snow. <laughs> <laughs> You know nothing, Adam Snow. It always makes me think of him, um, think like the accents in that show purely because Sean Bean couldn't be bothered to do another accent so they all had to the old lane Yorkshire.
1: <laughs> I like it now as well because you've got like years later where he's still doing like the O2 adverts, and It just sounds like Game of Thrones script. If you if you need any bastard deductions on your contract, get down get down O2. It's an iPhone fit for a feast.
0: Get yourself to O2 to get yourself some bloody murder. oh hey man wonderful stuff anyway we're not here to do game of thrones impressions michael we're here to talk about bojack horseman and we go back in our delorean to 1993 there are more costumes that seem to crop up you will see there's another Lima kicking around who is dressed as scooby-doo more on that later on there's a man and i'm going to put this one out there to the podcast horseman listeners at podcast horseman do give us your ideas just a man in a box with like The things that you get on tumble dryers and washing machines for arms and he looks like a robot and I didn't know if it was generic robot or I didn't know if someone had a real specific robot they want to mention, but please do give us one at Podcast Horseman. There's only a couple more that I didn't get in this episode, which I will put out to all of you as a roll call for your help. The box of Emmy screeners, though, that Bojack gives Princess Carolyn to hand out in 1983 at the door, just to keep her busy. Um... It's a bunch of like for-your-consideration screeners, obviously heading mm. out towards uh, for the Emmys. And on the box, you will see it says FYCNYPDB on the box, which stands for NYPD Blue, which is a TV series which was first aired in September 1993, Michael, of lovely. course. Princess Caronan makes a bit of a joke, a little bit of a wording about one of the actors in that show as well. It's all lovely stuff. Anyway, back to 2018, jumping forward in time again. And there's two women you'll see who are wearing jumpers, the kind of people who go to Halloween parties, Michael, who just want to wear ironic Halloween parties. You know the ones. Minimal effort. Maybe they're too cool for Halloween, but they still definitely want to be there. They are wearing a bunch of two jumpers. One says, what time is it right now? And the other jumper that the lass is wearing says, and chill, much like Netflix and chill because Bojack's on the network, you see what's going on here, it's I all know, quite, good.
1: I like that. and I, I like believe
0: that. if I'm not mistaken, they both have little things in their hair, and the girl who has the, what time is it right now, has like a small, old-fashioned golden alarm clock on her, side of her head, and the other girl has a snowflake, because she's chill, Michael, she's chill, there you see, yes. lots of effort gone into this from these two young ladies, anyway, over at the Bojack Horseman's house in 2004, and as I mentioned here, Todd you mentioned earlier as well Todd, Emily, and another friend of theirs turn up and knock on the door as kids, very young kids indeed. And you can see that Todd has obviously got the purple hat on, and Emily's got the yellow hat on. If we recall correctly, when we got that old um, flashback episode, they ended up switching hats, don't they? And that's the mm, origin. Yes, of course. Of hat. So at this point, he's still wearing his purple hat when he's coming trick or treating at the door. And of course, wonderfully come back. When you're five years older or three years younger, Princess Carolyn says, and Todd, of course, turns back up in 2009, some five years later. Speaking of 2009, that is where we're headed next. Um, which, obviously, with 18-year-old Todd knocking on the door, Michael, that makes him 27 years old in 2018. There's a bit of trivia for you. One to remember oh, yeah. the next time <laughs> you think about how much Todd's achieved in 27 years on this earth, and how much how much we haven't achieved. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, just, just as well he's fictional Michael, otherwise I'd be bothered by that <laughs> we also get another incredible Princess Carolyn tongue twister because what else do we need in this episode hey, boys, boys. Not, like got other, not like I've got enough of not like I've got another bunch of stuff to do let's do a tongue twister cool <laughs> anyway here we go we got another tongue twister from Princess Carolyn and if I'm not too tired let's see if I can tackle it see it's a one of me on that one <clears throat> She says to Todd as she has her revelation that things might have gone wrong in her life. She says, I gotta live my life. I deserve to be adored by a man. Yet here my dreams lie dormant. I don't mean to get mordantly morbid, but did I get all adorably adorned to get bored Manning Doors? No more, she says as she storms out of Bojack's house in two thousand and nine, presumably to just come back in five minutes, who knows? <laughs> um, but good. we get a we get a bunch of costumes again from this this time zone and ones that literally would have went straight over my head had I not Googled them uh, were Leah Michelle and Chris Colfer from Glee. Michael, I know you're a big Glee fan, uh, which <laughs> started in 2009. Um, and I believe Mr. Colfer is dressed as a cowboy, just dressed as a cowboy. That's what wow. I've got on that. Um, <laughs> as well, also, the sheep who was previously dressed as the sheep, uh, the counting sheep with the pajamas and the numbers in this time in this timeline is dressed as Frankenstein's monster just a very generic kind of Halloween costume uh, and the woman or the two women who were dressed in the ironic uh what time is it right now and chill costumes they are now both dressed in jerseys to just say 69 which of course as we both know are nice um good. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, Michael, brilliantly, an octopus woman who is dressed in an outfit as... She's dressed as uh, Nadia Sullivan. Do you know who that is, Michael? Do
1: you know who that is? No, not top of my head. Oh, well,
0: let me tell you. Let me tell you. You might recognise her by her colloquial name that she's referred to as, a.k.a. Octomom. She is the woman who became ah, famous yes. when she gave birth to octuplets back in January 2009. You see? Topical. Anyway, on That's top nice. of topical... We also move across to Deborah Michaels. Remember Deborah without the face? Well let me tell you, we're in two thousand and nine and Deborah very much has her face and she is enjoying it as she is dressed as a witch at the party. Just didn't want to go over the top. Keep it simple. I've lost my face in the future. I don't have one <laughs> right now. I do have one right now. Let's be a witch. And uh, also the monkey who had the shark head on in twenty eighteen is funnily enough dressed as Michael Phelps in two thousand and nine. <laughs> just has a bunch of medals on his neck with a swimming (laughs) cap that says Phelps. It's (laughs) funny because a bunch of the designs for these characters are very much like Diane's Baby Bjorn Borg outfit in that They're brilliantly designed, but they have also just written names on them so people know (laughs) who they are, like Steve's backpack for the Steve Harrington character, Uh, Michael Phelps for the swimmer, just because it must be so annoying to put all that work in and nobody get the gag, but there you go and um, we saw on top of that there's also a moth person who was dressed as a ghost who's got like a bed sheet wrapped around them a little bit of where it's been nibbled more on that in just a bit um and also brilliantly michael pinky penguin from penguin publishers is at the party of course in 2009 he's wearing a sign that says will publish for food <laughs> and he's got like a bunch of ragged clothing on And as we learn later in the episode, it's not actually a costume, he just lost all of his belongings in a fire, and this (laughs) is all that he has left. I should point out at this point as well, as Borja is having this conversation with Mr. Peanutbutter sometime in the future, they're both just laughing about this. (laughs) Absolutely no sympathy whatsoever for either Penguin, bless him. We go to Bojack's house in nineteen eighty-three and as David Duchovny was already there, he's joined by Julian Anderson, who is wonderfully just dressed as a witch, Michael, because, of course, David Duchovny's in the aliens. She's got the supernatural. It's all good, man. It's all good. You see what they're doing here? They're quite clever, aren't they, really? Um, there's also a woman, as you mentioned earlier, that was a, a llama, I believe, dressed as Scooby-Doo. There's also a woman who was dressed as Daphne from Scooby-Doo, and the two of them are just scoobing around the house, Michael, as they do. <laughs> We go to 2004, though, now, back again, still Bojack's house, yeah, 2004. I believe it's an actual llama person this time who is dressed as Batman, but it's not like a proper Batman costume as much as one, it's like a T-shirt and, like, gloves. So it's like a makeshift Batman, not quite maybe the um, the big suit that you're imagining. There's also a woman who is he's talking to- I believe it's he is talking to, who is dressed as Tom Hanks in Castaway, who's got, like, the loincloth that's been ripped. She's got the Wilson beach ball under her arm. Uh, very nice, too. And then there's a also a Lima. This one's quite cute. Who's dressed as Napoleon Dynamite, uh, which obviously, again, was released in 2004. Hence the time zone or the timeline. Uh, but the T-shirt, instead of reading Vote for Pedro, as we are all familiar with, the T-shirt actually says Vote for Tina, who is instead, of course, the llama from Napoleon Dynamite. rather. Ah, than yes. So it's a nice little cute tie and It's all oh, fits it together, Michael. Um, And then brilliantly, as you mentioned, Jessica Beal talking about not getting the role in The Mummy and how it's my one major career disappointment (laughs) in 2004. That really did get a hearty laugh out of me. Um, But we move back forward, I don't know anymore, to Bojack in 2018 in his house. Um, And more costumes once again, Michael. But this one is a good one. There's a dog woman who is dressed as Ruth Wilder. Now, do you remember the name Ruth Wilder? I do. Why? You remember it because it's from the main character in the TV show on Netflix called Glow, Michael. Which of course,
1: oh, Glow, of course, man, the yeah. glamorous
0: ladies of wrestling. But more importantly, Ruth Wilder is the character played by Alison Brie That's in Brie. Glow, which means there are many scenes in this uh, in this episode where Alison Brie playing to prin- call her Princess Diana there. <laughs> Flashback from <laughs> the previous episode. Alison Brie playing Diane is interacting with. Uh, the dog woman who is dressed as Ruth Wilder, who is played <laughs> by Alison Bree. Lovely stuff, This <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. On top of that, Flip McVicker's outside on the balcony. You can see him in the background, just dressed as a vampire. He's Dracula. He's out there just chilling as Dracula. Makes sense really, doesn't it? And on top of that, brilliantly, as you mentioned, we get Pickles' full name, which is Pickles of Plenty, which, <laughs> let me tell you, as a, as a person who hates Pickles, I don't want a Plenty. <laughs> I don't want any. I want pickles and none. <laughs> Maybe not like that though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we go back to two thousand and nine now, and there, there's a cat person who you see uh, who's dressed up as keyboard cat Michael. Who I don't know if you remember this. It was a video meme from back in mm-hmm. two thousand and seven. The famous, it's the cat on the keyboard playing the tune. It's funny as hell. He's got a little blue shirt on. The cat in the party's got a little blue shirt on. It's a very cute nod. Oh, These really? ones, by the way, are the ones that were the bane of my life because I had to go and hunt out the memes that went with them, which wasn't too difficult, but it wasn't something of a like a <laughs> meme, <laughs> reference, if you will. Anyway, we go to Bojack's house in 2018 once again, and the moth person who I mentioned earlier, who, of course, was wearing a bedsheet, pretending to be a ghost, has slowly but surely eaten through their bedsheet, and there's like the drag, the, the remains of a bedsheet on them at this point in 2018. Really nicely done that. And as you see, just like a, we flip between the two, there are four timelines, and that bedsheet will either be big or smaller, depending on what, what point we're at. That's nice. Really cute like stuff. That. Um, Todd turns up in 2018, and his assistants, from what time is it right now, you know, uh, the old woman and the man who spends all his time in Todd's office but does absolutely nothing other than eat <laughs> food and pretend to be the furniture, it seems. Um that man is carrying like one of those, what do you call them? Like, the Little eye masks, you know, like the, you hold them at the side a bit like on... Um,
1: uh, a monocle. Eyes
0: wide shut. No, no, like eyes wide shut, you know, like the little pot. Oh. What are they called? Um, yeah. You know what I'm on about.
1: You would wear it's them for like a masked ball, wouldn't you?
0: The masquerade thing. Like it's... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure other people on the podcast know exactly what we're talking about. Those things that you hold up your eyes at parties, uh, they have them on. He's got one of them on, Funny enough. It's stupid. So dumb. <laughs> uh, I well, doesn't say anything. He's just holding that in his hand. Um, the monkey, how I mentioned earlier, is in the shark costume, is chasing in the background that Luma who was in the bathing suit. Luma? That Lima in the bathing suit with all the wounded bandages on. And they're running around for quite a bit. And then later on, you'll see them eventually just having a bit of a neck on, Michael. Uh, While well, everybody's chatting. No. So, <laughs> Shark finally got the girl, right? That's, that's how jaws went, isn't it? <laughs> it probably did, but not maybe in that way. Um, from there, we also get Mr. Peanut Butter, who, as he and Diane and Pickles end up talking at the door, as you mentioned, that sort of um, rather brief and short conversation Diane has with Pickles, but she doesn't really give her much. Mr. Peanut Butter says, Am I on the hit Priscilla Barnes Vehicle 3's company right now? Because his company <laughs> <laughs> as he well,
1: it fell up. apart yeah.
0: <laughs> Just he was not having a great time at all in these timelines was he Um, no matter where he was but then but then Michael as funny as that was we get the brilliant much awaited return of the celebrity stealing club who turn up and just pop their heads through the door at this point just show themselves but they do end up getting up to a little bit of mischief later on in this episode. The Celebrity Stealing Club, of course, who you will remember from the episode initially where Bojack and Todd went and Diane went to Herb Kaz's house and Todd gets pistol whipped and God knows what else in the car by the Celebrity Stealing Club. And they turn up again at um Alex Brosafino's house, is that right? Yeah. Diane goes nice. across to see Alex memory Um they turn up there and steal a painting. Spoiler alert, they may be up to no good again this evening. We'll find out more in just a second. But we go back to Bojack's house in 1993 now. And, of course, as I mentioned yeah, the moth person who has the bedsheet is completely covered from head to toe in the bedsheet. You can't even see really underneath that it's actually a moth at this point. Um, there's also a man. <laughs> this one took a little bit of digging, but we got there in the end. As I mentioned before, sometimes they've just got to write their names on there because otherwise you might not get it. There's a man with a black hoodie and a moustache, and he's holding a box, Michael. And it took me a little while until I finally got a shot at the front of the box. And he is dressed as the Unabomber, Michael. <laughs> uh, incredibly, uh, as is written on his box, it says Unabomber. And then the, the writing says 2U on the box. But U is spelled Y-E-W. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for anybody who's confused as I was, to be honest, uh, is, is, the, is the, who the Unabomber is, the Unabomber, a.k.a. Theodore John Kaczynski, Uh, who was an American domestic terrorist and former mathematics professor of all things. And between 1978 and 1995, he killed three three people and injured 23 others in a nationwide bombing campaign, two of which took place, one in both 93 and one in 94, which would, I guess, make sense as to why this person was dressed as them at a 1993 house party, Michael. Yeah. Um, What a horrible thing, but also quite an interesting callback, I think Mm. it's fair to say. Um, we go to Bojack Horseman's house in 2009 now. We are nearly there, he says, but is absolutely lying to everybody on the podcast. Uh, it's nice to see that sticky pink cotton candy machine, Michael, is still there. A classic Bojack trope is still there in 2009, going strong, even though we've seen it in 2018. Still going strong when Princess yeah. Carolyn was at that in North Carolina, of all places. Um, now, one for the listeners, I have tried and tried to figure this out and couldn't. And couldn't figure out. There's another one after this that I couldn't get, but I've tried and failed. There is a woman, a dog woman at Bojack's house party in 2009 who is wearing a purple jumpsuit, really big glasses, has big hair, and has got roller skates on. And I have tried and tried and tried and could not. Michael tried as well and could yeah. not come up with anything. I'm going to be so furious when we get that tweet off someone saying, hey, guys, how, how have you missed this? It was this person. <laughs> Please, somebody send us that tweet because it's sending me mad. At Podcast Horseman, what is this? Because I just don't know. I've tried and I've failed, all right? I hope you're happy. (laughs) I've failed. God damn it. Anyway, we go to Bojack's house in 2018. The Celebrity Stealing Club, as we mentioned, are up to no good. They are found in the background while Bojack is arguing or certainly having a conversation, shall we say, with Diane. uh, As they're stealing one of his paintings, it's the painting of the tall plant's, and a sunset that we've seen in his sort of dining area before. It's a one that bears resemblance to uh, an old uh, Henry Rousseau painting that we've mentioned before on the podcast. Um, but we go from there back to 1993 once again, and I've just written down here because you've, we've both mentioned it already. It needs a, another mention in horsing Around, Mr. as Tim Allen Gasp. At the end of that little uh, debate with (laughs) Katrina that goes into the transitional shot is absolute money. It is absolutely hilarious. Really, really enjoyed that. Back to 2004. Nearly there. I swear we're nearly there. Honest. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The two women who are normally dressed in the ironic outfits, Michael, the What Time Is It Right Now and Chill Girl, um, and the 69 jerseys, nice, are now dressed in 2004, I believe, now, someone else might confirm this to me. I think this is the money. Uh, they are dressed as Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart of Chicago, uh, which obviously the film itself came out in 2002. So maybe that would make sense that they would adopt that mm. in 2004. But if anyone's got a better one for that, please do let us know at Podcast Horseman. And while you're there, help me solve the other one as well. Michael and I both struggle with this one. There is an otter, who is, I believe it's an otter, who is walking around this party dressed Uh, In one timeline dressed as a fairy and in another timeline dressed as a witch. But we thought the witch almost looked Helena Bonham Carter-esque. But unfortunately, Hmm. we just couldn't find anything to go with it. So if anyone has any ideas on this, please, at Podcast Horseman. The three that have eluded me this so far are going to haunt me tonight when I go to sleep.
1: (laughs) Whatever time that might be. (laughs) It's a Halloween party, so that's quite appropriate at least.
0: It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. It's time to face my fears, Michael. <laughs> Let's Rob the Hallows' Ween or whatever Peter us says. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but there you go. It sounds funny. Ella. Anyway, what we did find, though, is there are two women, brilliantly, who are dressed as Gretchen Wyners and Karen Smith from Mean Girls, Michael, which means if you add them together in this timeline with of course um regina who we saw earlier in the episode we have the three members of the plastics from the film Mm -hmm. me girls Mm -hmm. and i thought that was quite great to be honest a lovely bunch of costumes and now mr peanut (laughs) butter brilliantly stealing the show once again squashed as a notebook in between a door can't get to his girlfriend all he has to do is tell michael Don't turn around. That's all he's got to tell her, but instead he just can't (laughs) help himself and shouts through the door in desperation, Jessica, am I written by Albert Hammond and Diane Warren, originally recorded by Tina Turner, but popularized by Ace of Base? Because don't turn around. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, oh, I've got nothing but respect for his commitment to the bit, to be honest, but Mm. also he could have spared himself a lot of pain and torture.
1: Do you know what I forgot to do when I was reviewing this episode, and I'm going to do as soon as we finish this podcast, is go and listen to the Tina Turner version of a song that I always just believed to be by Ace of Base. I've learned learned something there. So familiar with one and not the other. So I'm quite looking forward to catching to see how how Tina does with that Ace of Base classic.
0: How did Ace of Base turn around the Turner classic? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. Anyway. From Bojack's house in 2004 over to Bojack's house in 2009. Uh, Bojack on the phone, as you mentioned, saying to his mother, What do you mean a jewel? You like like a jewel? Jewel? <laughs> like, of course, he's referring to the jewel that his father passed away in. Not actually in the jewel, he just tripped over and fell and sustained head injuries while not paying attention because he's an idiot. Um, there's also a man who is just ironically in the background of this of a shot. You only get to see a, a real glimpse of him wearing a t shirt that says, This is my. Halloween costume which might have seemed great when you were 18 this man is clearly close to being 80 years old and it's not on that is it not a fan of this lazy lazy crack anyway back to Bojack's house in 2018 well onto the last couple now I promise um Todd in 2018 is signing a bunch of papers because he's all business Michael much like this podcast he's writing he's signing stuff all the time even despite the fact he's at the party, but as the music's playing, he still finds the time to cut a little dab in the middle of his work <laughs> because he's Todd and he can multitask, and he's great. Some might even say godlike. We go back to Bojack's house in 2009, and this, Michael, for me, you mentioned it earlier. I think there's a lot more to this line. This line resonated with me in a great way, and will be the quote. I'll spoiler for you now on the Twitter today. or to- today, yes, it will be today. Hey, look at that. Um, when Bojack is sort of talking to Todd about how he didn't know how he was going to feel when his father passed away and all that kind of thing. And Todd misreads the situation a bit. But actually, the line applies when in the right context. He says, nothing's wrong, just sometimes parties are over. And Michael, apply that to life, man. There's that's something in that line. There's a lot more of that line than meets, the first, than meets the ear at first listen.
1: It certainly speaks to why Todd and Bojack had the confusion, didn't it? Because it does sound, does sound bigger than you first...
0: Think yeah. I think it's very sweet. It, sounds, it could be it could be taken as, as <laughs> value, but sometimes Michael, the parties are just over, and it made me immediately think, God, one day I'll be finished this show again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I, this podcast will never end. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. I don't mean this episode. This episode, I, I want to reassure you that this episode will end. I promise you.
0: Will like, end. Oh, <laughs> sweet Christ, it's gonna end alright. <laughs> if it doesn't end, one of us isn't making out of this podcast live. point now, it's me. <laughs> um finally. Finally, 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 Bojack's house in 2018, Michael. After Diane explains to Peanut Butter uh, just the problem that has been going on in his life of how he just keeps dating younger women, Mr. Peanut Butter rather brilliantly says, So what you're saying is, they all grew up, but I stay the same age. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, of course, a reference to Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused, although as he says it in the in the film, a complete opposite to that. That's why he loves high school girls. I get all that and they stay the same age, which might have been cute back in the day. Is probably a little bit creepy now, isn't it? Let's be not honest. So
1: great. Not so great. <laughs> really not
0: Matthew's finest moment, although I'm sure he was having a great time at the time, because it was his first major role and he was doing it all off a cuff and absolutely nailing it, although that might be a phrase to say for another podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've written down here as well, Gina turning up, as I mentioned before, in her makeshift witch costume at the last second is magic. Huge, hugely funny because we've forgotten all about her. She does the Paul McCartney popping out the cake moment, only she comes through the door. She's got a wet floor sign for a hat, not a traffic cone. Um, She's got toilet paper, dress that's all the way down, like hanging, loads of (laughs) bits of toilet paper. that have been like paper clipped to a middle bit of toilet paper around her waist. Um, Magically, she's got like toilet paper wrist cuffs that have got toothbrushes wedged in to make them look like um, like arm pieces, I guess, if you will. Just all very fancy. Uh, and she's also carrying a plunger as her magic wand, I guess. It's, so it's a maze. It's a really good outfit she's put together. Nobody even gets to say what was the point, anyway.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: Michael, I think after all of that, we've finally got to the end of the horse. Oh, run. well done. For well, this week, I swear to God, that has taken out more of me both reading it and writing it than I think any other horseman around has ever done in this show. But we don't complain. Well, we do complain, but we don't really, because Bojack Horseman is better than the show you like, Michael. It really is. And this is proof. Think about all the time I've had to spend doing that and how much time they have to spend actually putting it into the goddamn episode. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. I love this show more than mm. most things. And then that was another wonderful reason as to why. But apparently, even after all of this, I have been in touch with the good people at what time is it right now and chill. And they have told me <laughs> there is no time to chill because we do have time for one last thing. And I swear to God, we'll shut up about this podcast forever. Oh, I'm looking forward to shutting up about this podcast forever. Michael, <laughs> would you like to go first this week or second? Please go first. I'll, I need a break.
1: I'll, I'll go first. You take a well-deserved breather. Yes, um, we've sort of skirted around um, the costume of a key character in this episode, Princess Carolyn, of course, that we see in several versions of The Party Guard and the Door. Um, It makes a lot of sense that in 1993, she would be Amelia Earhart. We know that she's only recently left um, the Carolinas, and Amelia Earhart was a hero, very much in a figurative and literal sense. She wanted to follow her example and direction in life. Um, But... We also know that Princess Caroline has faced setbacks and failures and been forced to stand still in Hollywood on more occasions than she would have liked, which perhaps explains awkwardly why she's wearing it in every other party, too. Not just in 1993, but in 2004 and 2009, when, of course, she storms out and Todd has kind of made her like consider her life and her choices. Um, this very sort of sad realization of Princess Caroline's that she's been. Like doing this job at the party, to her at least, isn't compounded by the outfit she's wearing, but to us, the viewers, I definitely think we're supposed to take it from there. The same dream that she had when she left that town is still the same dream that she harbours today. Hollywood has not been as kind to her as she's deserved. No, I think
0: that's fair to say, but like, what a wonderful callback this was, of course, to the Amelia Earhart story episode we got earlier in this season. Both tragic and like quite nice that She's still held on to it despite everything, um, and never felt the need to change the costume either. And no. duty bound, whether it was through you know this awful repetition or just because she's a good egg, she just turns up and does the same thing anyway. Because sometimes, yeah. it's that weird tradition, isn't it? That what else am I going to do? This is what I always do. So, yeah, like it's fun to see, but also definitely tinged with a bit of sadness. That one, isn't it? One hundred percent. But. Let's go to my one last thing for this week. Um, I'll do a quick mention. I've got, it's one and a half, I guess I've got, because <laughs> you, you and I kind of talked about this in a bit of a tête-à-tête before the podcast. Um, hmm. Maybe our podcast listeners can confirm it. Uh, but you mentioned, this is the half a one, you mentioned the Beetlejuice uh, person who turned up the Beetle. Um, is there a chance, as you mentioned, that they maybe only turn up for three of the parties rather than four now I can't remember this we have literally just it came to us just before we did the podcast so we didn't have time yeah. to re-watch the episode so if someone is in the middle of watch, uh, watching it or whatever would like to suggest whether that may be true that was Michael's idea but it felt worth mentioning that because it was certainly uh, would be great and it, I would expect it from them to be honest because that's just how good they are thinking about it's something like, like that in an episode a yeah. a gag, isn't
1: it? you know mm-hmm. they like that sort of stuff
0: And also, of course, it makes me look like an idiot, which is even better because that's (laughs) that's to show you how good this podcast is. They can make even a man whose literal job it is to find all the things still look like a complete hack.
1: Anything can slip through your hands when you miss the butter fingers. So don't worry. Yes, that's
0: very true. That is very true. But my actual one last thing now, you piece of trash, is (laughs) the brilliant moment in this episode, which I think is more of a brilliant moment in the whole show. We obviously both wax lyrical about this moment between Bojack and Diane where they first meet uh, on the balcony. This new meeting that we see at the party in 2009 uh, where Diane is dressed as Baby Bjorn Borg. And before any other words are uttered between the two, immediately Bojack calls it out. Baby Bjorn Borg, that's the first thing. Bojack gets the costume, Michael. Bojack understands who Diane is on that night in 2009. But it's bigger than that, isn't it? It's bigger than that. Bojack understands who Diane is, full stop. So yes, he might have blown her off in this episode. Yes, he might not have realised how important this person was going to be in his life. But fast forward to 2008, whether Diane likes it or not, as she has mentioned many times, even so much in this very season, before things have started to go south, Bojack is the only person on planet Earth who truly actually gets Diane. And they managed to sum that up brilliantly here at this party. Even in a passing moment where they don't even know each other, he clicks his finger and he gets it. He gets it. He gets the outfit that she's trying to do. But even bigger than that, when you think about when they next meet, they both meet because they both don't like parties and they're both out on the balcony, just avoiding having to sit and socialise and hobnob with people the way that people do at these parties. So mm. they get each other. They are the, they aren't the same as Diane got really upset about last week. <laughs> yeah. They do understand each other and they understand the way the other one works whether they like it or not. They are intertwined, Michael, like something that is intertwined forever.
1: She deserves better as well, doesn't she? she? She deserves deserve somebody better. other than Bojack being the one. It's yeah. quite, um. as you were saying that as well, it made me think of Bojack's comments in Free Fritura as well. I see you. He sees yeah. her. He's the only one at the party that sees her. And yeah. as he laments constantly, maybe, isn't that what all people want? That's kind of like one of the things that he often a- applies to his life, is just to be seen. So he's given, he probably believes he's given time that validation, if nothing else.
0: If nothing else. But yes, there you go. It's taken a lot wow. out of us, but those are our one last things, which means now, just go and follow the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing I've got to tell you. No, I joke, this has been, it. I should point out, a brilliant episode of this, really, it, it has zapped both mine and Michael's strengths because it was, they took a lot out of us. But my word, mm. it was worth every single second of it because it was brilliant. And we're kind of like, I feel like we've learned more even just through the shenanigans of this episode. Again, Bojack Horseman, everything matters in this show. And this has pushed us along nicely, particularly in the narrative. One, that Peanut Butter. But yes, please do. If you would like to, and have enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, I'll just, extend your relationship with this podcast that's the thing you can follow us on twitter or instagram at podcast horseman and you can also if you haven't had enough of us yet follow either of your hosts as well you can follow me at it's adam nicholas or you can follow michael Hamflet.
1: at michael Hamflet. you can listen to this podcast on apple podcasts or spotify where we would love you to i believe it's follow on both now been a few issues seemingly with the podcast appearing with lots of podcasts appearing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So if you want to go to the Twitter account and find it through Acast, you can subscribe there. You can download an overcast. Please just, Christ, sake, listen to it somewhere because this one has killed us to record. Um, and if you want to leave us a five star review, we would love that. Um, typically, what we do at this point is induct somebody into our Hollywood talk of fame with their very own staff for leaving us a five star review. Those are the ones that get us up the Apple charts, the ones that get more people talking themselves horse about talking horse. But for season five, we're doing it slightly differently. We've looked to ever slightly grow the community, grow the reach of the podcast a little bit. So we've been looking for people to do quote tweets every Friday. And um, the episode is lovingly uploaded by Adam Nicholas himself. And if you quote tweet that tweet specifically, share it with your followers, share it with your friends you stand a chance of getting inducted into our Hollywood Talk of Fame, which is exactly what Felix, which is Felix at FelixL14 on Twitter, uh, did when he quote tweeted the last episode of Podcast Horseman to say, give us the best BoJack Horseman spoiler-free episode-by-episode review podcast a listen. This episode is a pretty crazy one too. He wasn't wrong, and I thought his review was perfectly in keeping with this one as well. Thank you very much for that, Felix. A start on the Hollywood Talk of Fame winging its way to you very soon. Yes, and
0: as I know, I did say last week that maybe, just maybe, the stars would be coming out last weekend. That didn't happen because I am, much like our protagonist, a stupid piece of s***. But <laughs> on the plus side, however, they will be coming this weekend. That is my punishment. I did say it could be, could be this weekend. It might have been last. It's going to be this one. So keep posted for them. If it doesn't happen all at me some horrible, nasty things because I will deserve them (laughs) at that point. I look forward to this backfiring spectacularly. Anyway, with that said, we only have to give you our synopsis for next week's episode real quick and then we can all go to bed at this stupid hour of the day, even though you're listening to this on Friday (laughs) morning. But hey, it's got to be midnight somewhere. (laughs) Anyway, Netflix synopsis for season five, episode nine, Of Bojack Horseman and indeed Podcast Horseman It's called Ancient History A visit in Hollyhock dumps Bojack's painkillers Sending him on a desperate search For more Todd tries to solve Emily's dating dilemma All sounds very exciting All sounds Mm. very interesting But if you want to find out what happens On next week's episode Well you'll just have to come back next week To find out Anyway before we derail ourselves any further I have been Adam Nicholas